Greetings, everyone. This is Joyce Davis, Pin Lives Outreach and Opinion Editor, and this is Battleground PA. Stay tuned because we are going to talk about a battlefield that's getting quite heated as we head into November. So hang in there, and I'll be joined just a few seconds by Rajet Harris for the Democrats and Jeffrey Lord for the Republicans. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Battleground PA, a PenLive podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Okay, we are back. And if you want to join us here on Battleground PA, you can do so. You can send an email to topics at battlegroundpa.org or you can join us on Twitter or Facebook at Battleground PA. And now the battle is engaged. I want to welcome uh, Jeffrey Lord, Republican analyst. How are you, Jeffrey? I am uh, president accounted for. <laughs> You're hanging in there because I know you've had a rough few days. Like, this stuff is heating up. It means you, you're working hard, Jeffrey. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, that, that is true. There's no question about that. <laughs> well, you asked for it. You love this. And, Rosette, I know you have been under the gun as well, so to speak, with uh, Biden coming into town. How are you representing the Democrats today? I'm good. Just It's just been very, very, very busy. Very, very busy. Yes, I can understand it. So I know why it's been busy, guys. So let's jump right in. Biden was here. So let's start with Rajat. What did he come for and what did he achieve? Well, Dauphin County is very important uh, for the Democratic Party. Uh, Dauphin County is, I believe, the only uh, South Central PA county to go Democratic four years ago for Hillary Clinton. Uh, in addition, we have some of the hottest races in the state here. We have one of the hottest congressional races in the country. Uh, we have a state Senate race uh, that could flip the state Senate in the Democrats' favorite, uh, favor. And we have some uh, House seats uh, that could uh, also help give the Democrat Party a bigger majority. Uh, so it was only a matter of time before the uh, vice president uh, came here. Uh, he met with a lot of union leaders. Um, I was fortunate to also uh, speak to the our, our candidate as well, which was great. But he needs Dauphin County, not just for himself, but to also take Democrats uh, with him. I always tell our voters uh, when we're doing our, our get out the vote efforts, it's not enough just to elect him, but we have to give him help to be able to push his agenda uh, through. Got it. And I, it's not only that he needs Dauphin County, it seems as if he needs labor, right? I mean, that's a that's a huge deal, right? I mean, Jeffrey, are you guys worried that uh, Biden has a, a strong claim to pull in some of those union endorsements? No, I'm not. I'm not concerned. And I'll tell you exactly why. I'll give you one word. Fracking. I mean, I had to laugh the other. Well, I guess it was last week. He goes to Pittsburgh saying, yeah, yeah, he's going to ban fracking. And then there's a, a video of Senator Harris saying, oh, yes, yes, she's going to ban fracking. Well, great. I, I just, you, you know, they're going to explain to Pennsylvanians that they're going to eliminate their jobs. I, I, I just, I mean, they're all caught there on videotape. So 
uh, I think they've got a real serious problem with this. And frankly, I don't know what they're going to do because, you know, all of this in the 21st century is all captured on videotape. And all you have to do is hit the button and there's all the videotape of them saying, yes, yes, that's exactly what they intend to do. That's a good point, Jeffrey. But, but I have to laugh because the president himself has been caught saying all kinds of things on videotape and then changing his tune. But but he, but he Jeffrey does bring up a good point, Rochette. Um, the, the vice president has at some point said he was opposed to fracking, but he's apparently uh, revised his policy. Talk a little bit about that to clarify where he stands now. Well, the vice president has said uh, that he's not going to eliminate fracking. And if you read the uh, platform that the Democrat Party put out during our convention, something that I would like to point out that the Republican Party did not do, they did not put out a list of issues on what they're going to do for the next four years. Um, he has said he's not going to eliminate fracking. You know, this election isn't going to be decided on that issue, I'm not minimizing it. It is an important issue in certain parts of this state, but it's not going to be the deciding factor. And as you brought up, I mean, if we're going to bring out video clips and uh, <laughs> interview <laughs> clips <laughs> of anyone, uh, we won't get to anything with Joe Biden. We'll be <laughs> we'll be uh, airing clips of the president from for the next eight weeks. Well, yeah. All right. So, so, so. So did he achieve what he came here for, which was, I guess, yes, to rev up the, the people here, uh, but also to, to really solidify some of those connections with the with the AFL-CIO and with labor. Did, did he achieve that, uh, uh, Rochette? I'm, I'm going to say yes. And, you know, I'm in a unique position being a county chair, so I deal directly with the voters on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. And the excitement of the vice president in this particular area is through the roof. We cannot keep in. And I told him when I was able to speak with him, we cannot keep his signs in our office. We can't keep shirts. We can't keep buttons. People keep calling for more. Um, and what's interesting is people's signs are actually being stolen. Uh, so, you know, I, I find that interesting that the Trumpsters are actually taking down uh, his signs. <laughs> but the 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 enthusiasm for the vice president, um, our phone is ringing off the hook. The volunteers that we have, um, we're starting to do uh, lit drops. Now, th- this isn't canvassing. I just want to explain the difference. So we won't be knocking on doors and actually speaking to people. We're just leaving literature at individual doors, the phone banks. I mean, people are really really want to get involved with this election. And the fact that he made a presence here was very, very important. So so things are getting exciting, and, and at least in Dauphin County and in parts of Pennsylvania with the Democrats. But, Jeffrey, Mike Pence was in Lucerne County. So tell us what he achieved there. Why did he come? Well, I, I, I just, uh, Lucerne County, I mean, a whole, literally a whole book by uh, ben Bradley Jr., if you remember, uh, I, I hate to date myself, but Ben Bradley Sr. <laughs> was the executive editor of the Washington Post and Watergate and all of that kind of thing. Uh, and his son is a thoroughgoing reporter and wrote an entire book on Lucerne County in the 2016 election. And I do think that there's a, a, a serious possibility that this is going to repeat. And I, I must say, I have to laugh. I don't know who these people are who steal signs, but right in my own neighborhood, uh, you know, because of the virus, I stopped going to the gym 
And so instead of swimming, I walk, and I walk in my neighborhood. And I, I walked by this house that had, uh, had had Trump signs there, and I didn't know who these people were. And the lady uh, of the house was out there, and I said something to her about she, she, they, they now have a banner hanging in their wind, inside their house in the window. And I said something to her. She recognized me. We talked, and yes, indeed, she said their signs have been repeatedly stolen. <laughs> well, it looks like there's there's, a, there's sign stealing going on, and people just ought to stop it. It's kind of silly. But yeah, I mean, I, I just why you why do you do that? I mean, yeah. this is you know, I mean, I'm off. I don't want to steal Biden signs. I don't want to steal <laughs> Trump signs. I want people to be able to express themselves. Go to it. It's, and, uh, uh, about that, uh, uh, Jeffrey, you want a free expression of all thoughts. So yes, that, yes. That, for heaven's sakes. That's stop. what democracy is about. I mean, really. So but but let's move on. Let's go because we got to go on to a lot of other topics here. And uh, you know what? We're going to step into one that's a little bit difficult. And that is, you know, what really did President Trump say about veterans when he was in Europe? Um, you know, it's resonating, Jeffrey. People are concerned um, about, I mean, I've seen many, many stories and heard many, many of our uh, military brass and regular people express real concerns about if the president really respects them, if he really... Um, well, I, you know, I mean, I have to say, I, I think this is the kind of uh, uh, politics that we don't need. I mean, this is ridiculous. This president has done all kinds of things for uh, the military and the veterans. I mean, I, I know him. I mean, that would be totally uncharacteristic. And you've got John Bolton, for heaven's sakes, who is no Trump fan, coming out and saying, I was there. He didn't say it. I mean, well, this is ridiculous. I think what, what I have seen that Bolton say, he didn't say it around him, but that doesn't mean say it around someone else. And uh, but, but let's bring Rajet into this. Rajet, this, this is something that really is kind of peeling off uh, some of uh, Trump's uh, military support. I mean, Pennsylvania is home to more than 740,000 veterans, from what I've been able to see, about 7% of the voting age population. So, I mean, this is an issue that people care deeply about. And, and it's, it, I think it's, it's kind of hard for him to know, sustain this kind of attack. But go ahead. What, what are the Democrats thinking about this? Well, and, you know, I'm a firm believer that when people show you who they are, you know, you believe them. This is nothing new for the president. And I brought this up uh, in the past. I'm going again. He's on videotape. You know, we talk about video clips where he called the late John McCain a loser for being a prisoner of war and how he likes winners. He would rather be a winner. And he called him a loser uh, because of what he went through as a POW. So and that's on tape. So if he did that seven, eight years ago, who's to say he didn't do it again? And that's why people believe this story, because he is on record of having called people who have disagreed with him or people he dislikes or whatever the case may be, losers that were that, you know, sacrificed for the military. Well, you know, so, you know, I, this I, is nothing. This is nothing new. And you can't refute that. He said in the past. And if someone did something in the past, what's to say they won't do it again? And that's why this is resonating with, with voters. Yeah, go ahead, Jeffrey. You wanted to add something there. 
Yeah, I, I, and I must say, this is something that my age gives me an advantage on. Uh, I distinctly remember in the Vietnam War era that all these liberal Democrats, left wings, uh, etc., man, they attacked, physically attacked Vietnam veterans when they came home from the war. Uh, they protested. They, they said these people were murderers. They, they went after them uh, unbelievably. Um, the John McCains of the world were scorned by people in the Democratic Party. Uh, John Kerry, a veteran himself, said in 2006 that if uh, veterans, if you didn't get a good education, you were going to get stuck going to Iraq because, in essence, you, you, if you're if you're that stupid, you're going to wind up in the military. I mean, the Democratic Party yep, has yep, has established for itself a serious reputation as being anti-military. In the Clinton administration, they were four months in. I went back and checked on this because I remember this. General Barry McCaffrey, who was uh, an aide to Colin Powell, walks into the White House, the Clinton, the new newly established Clinton White House. And a, a young Clinton aide, a woman, he says, you know, politely, hello or whatever. And she says, I don't speak to people in the military. The disdain for the American left about the about the American military is well established out there. So, I, I, I mean, I just this this is just ridiculous here. These people have a long record. About but that has this. nothing to do with the fact that the president has made remarks about people in the no, past. No, he didn't make the remarks. I mean, this is in dispute. But notice how you went back to the Vietnam War. You never said that he didn't make those remarks about the late McCain. I'm saying there are, there are eyewitnesses. There are eyewitnesses who say he didn't say this. Well, you guys they are were there about in the room right now. One is talking about Vietnam and one is talking about what the president did when he went. No, to I'm talking about respect for the military. OK, so but here's the thing, because someone else I mean, this our parents told us this, Jeffrey, because someone else does something wrong doesn't mean it's OK for you to do it. So just because the girl next to me, you know, um, you know, well, just because so someone says it happened when it didn't, you get in there. He said, she exactly. said. Jeffrey, let me finish, and then I'm going to let you talk. Just because someone else does something wrong, my mother told me, I don't know if your mother told that to you, doesn't mean I can do it. Doesn't excuse it when I do it. So forget about what they did. What is the sitting president doing? Is he, is he equipped and is he respectful enough of the military to, to, to always speak with respect to them? Now, here's what I fear. I fear that this isn't the end of this story, that there are going to be people coming out of the woodwork who say, yes, I heard it. And the, the journalist that is reporting this is a reputable journalist, with, just like us, with, who's a veteran, who's had years to, of experience. So that's where we're standing. I think this is going to be an issue that's going to stick with us a little bit. And I don't see it's going to help, help the president at all. But look, let's take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to have to move on and we're going to have to talk about the vaccine. So stay tuned. We'll be back to this battleground in just a minute. Okay, we are back. And again, this is Joyce Davis, Penn Lives Outreach and Opinion Editor, and I'm with Jeffrey Lord and Rajat Harris. And we're talking, of course, about developments in the 2020 election. If you want to have your voice as part of this, 
send us an email, topics at battlegroundpa.org, or you can check us out on Twitter or Facebook at Battleground PA. Okay, so we didn't see eye to eye on um, on uh, what's happening with the allegations against Trump and the veterans, but let's move on to the vaccine. I think there's a little bit more common ground here because I think none of us want to see a vaccine rushed or pushed out before it's time, before it's safe. And it looks like AstraZeneca, uh, which is working on the vaccine, has put its study on hold because of an adverse reaction in a participant in that study in the UK. Now, I, I'd like to hear from both of you on this because people want a vaccine, Jeffrey. Let's start with you. They desperately want a vaccine. They want to be over this stuff. But I don't think you can push the science. I mean, what are your thoughts, Jeff? Oh, I agree. I agree. I, and furthermore, if you did push the science and it's wrong, in other words, it's not science, the first person who would who would be punished, as it were, would be the president. Uh, you know, I mean, either this, either a vaccine works or it doesn't. And uh, yes, th- th- there's no, there's no, there's no point. And uh, I assure you, I am certain the president knows this. To push something out there that doesn't work uh, is is only going to hurt him in a political sense. If that's the lens we're looking at this through, so uh, they they will they will do they meaning the scientists and the pharmaceuticals will do what they're going to do, but they're not going to push it out either. I mean, can you imagine the company? that puts out a vaccine and it doesn't work or it damages people, hurts people. I mean, that would be the end of that company. Well, that's so, right. Apparently several of them have come out to say they pledge that they will not do this because I'm going to tell you, there are people like me, Rajat, I don't know about how you're feeling that, I mean, I'm just suspicious. I am just going to tell you because of the politics that's been enveloping um, this whole coronavirus thing, I am not going to be the first to take anybody's vaccine. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, I wouldn't take it either. Um, I'll go on record on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the vaccines normally take years, if ever. Um, you know, they the groups that are getting the virus the most and are dying from it, a lot of your black and brown individuals aren't even test subjects in large numbers and the testing that they're doing. So we don't even know if it would work on everyone. Um, There's just too much unknown. I understand why obviously they want to push out a vaccine, um, but it's it's just not worth it. We don't want to make things worse. And if you look at the polls, uh, the majority of Americans are very skeptical of anything being rushed out as well. Um, so there's no point in having a vaccine if no one's going to take it as well. It and benefits Jeff- no one. Right. And Jeffrey, I know you sound very, very rational with all of this, but I'm going to tell you, some of the statements that have been coming out of the president haven't been. I mean, again, he's the one who raised this issue of uh, hydroxychloroquine, and he's the one who raised the issue of injecting yourself, all of this on the record out there. And he's also the one who seems to be connecting a vaccine to November 1st, a few days before that. Is that really helping? Is there anybody that can... Well, he's not doing that. The press is doing that. Um, I know, Joyce, you're shaking your head. The media is doing that. He's simply saying what the status of things are. And as far as the hydroxychloroquine... I, I mean, I 
w- one of the people I spent some time with over the weekend <clears throat> has been talking uh, extensively to, uh, I forget his first name, but Dr. Rish from Yale University, who's uh, uh, you know, uh, into vaccines and that's his career and all of this kind of thing. <clears throat> I, I mean, hydroxychloroquine has been around for, I, I, good Lord, since the 1950s or 60s as approved, an approved FDA drug. For and with the, not for this. Come on now, well, Jim. Well, no, 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 no. Here's the problem. Here's the problem is that if the president, if the president says such and such has been helpful, <clears throat> then you've got all sorts of political people who say, well, you can't do it because he said it. And you've got legitimate, serious doctors out there. You've got people, as I recall, there was a Democrat uh, councilman or something in Detroit who, who got the virus, who used it, and it worked. Look, you know and what, suddenly, medicine, I don't want to just spread stuff out there that that's half-baked. Come on now. We want to be real. Well, I, I, don't, I don't either. And saying that a drug... That's Happy. been on the market for 50, 60 years or whatever is, 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 I mean, you don't like it because Donald Trump suggests no, no, it. Because it's not science, it's not doctors. Let's listen. It is science. It is science. That's the point. That is exactly my point. You've got all sorts of people with serious scientific backgrounds who says, who say that this has been very helpful. I don't know. So, Jet, why don't we bring you in here? Are the Democrats going to use this uh, to their advantage in the uh, in the race? Is Biden going to bring this up, spraying all of these these uh, half baked ideas out there about medicine and about what's what's good for your body? I mean, well, the American public does not trust the president on this issue. Poll after poll after poll shows that the coronavirus is the one issue that the American public trusts. Uh, Vice President Biden are more than uh, Trump. And a lot of it is Trump's own own doing. We can go all the way back to the initial press conferences where he told people to ingest bleach. You know, uh, so he didn't didn't say that. Yes, he did. It's on on, on, the clip. It's on the clip. You know, this is something we have to go back in history on. I did too. And and the clip has been played over and over again. He well, always says post the clip on here for people to see for themselves. Yes, let's let's do that. But you know, if we go all the way back, the president has has said a lot of untruths and things that makes absolutely no sense. You know, the the American public is not stupid. You know, they they're, they're just not, and that's why they don't trust the president on this issue. Which is another reason if something's rushed out. You know, we always talk about. There's too much politics in this issue. It seems as though they're trying to rush something out before the election to help the president, which, again, would benefit him and not the public at large, which is another reason, which is another reason I don't think that the public trusts something coming out. Remember, this time last year, we didn't even know the virus existed. Mm. And now we're saying we have a vaccine for it when 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 we are still learning about it. So it, it's just not that's definitely science isn't perfect to begin with when you're studying something for 20 years, let alone six months. So, Jeffrey, you're satisfied with the way the president has handled this. You don't have any issues. No, I don't have any issues. I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, this, this is I got, it. I got it. He's done this perfectly. I honestly. As much as I know you, you respect and, and, and admire him, this, I think, the messaging, maybe it's not his fault, 
because of it, but the messaging could have been better. It could have been. You know, as as uh, other people have said, if he cured cancer tomorrow morning, some people the Democrats would, would the Democrats would be out there saying he's a charlatan, it's not true, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is politics. That's what all of this is. This the is Democrats politics. are playing and politics with science. With medicine, that's the problem. But let's let's move on because we only have a few more minutes. And look, I know it's hard for Biden because he doesn't want to have a lot of rallies, but he came to town and few of the, few of the general public knew it. But on the other hand, the president is holding another rally. He's held another rally. Let's talk about that. Is that really smart to do during a coronavirus? And especially because it seems like Jeffrey, as much as uh, the doctors are saying wear masks, stay social distancing, the president is not modeling that in his in his um, in his rallies. What is that about? Well, first of all, the president is getting out there and campaigning. That's what you're supposed to do. And I just find this fascinating that hundreds of thousands of people can protest and doctors say, oh, no problem. But a campaign rally, oh, that's a big problem. It seems to me, I mean, we're talking about politics and science. It seems to me that there's more than an injection of politics here in this, that if it's not okay to hold a campaign rally, it's not okay to protest either. Absolutely. It's not okay for me, for anybody to be out there without a mask and without social distancing. I can see you being out in the open, but I do think there should be a mask and social distancing. But it doesn't, frankly, look to me like that's what the president is doing. He's discouraging people from wearing a mask. I don't know, Rajette, but it is hurting. I mean, he's at least out there with the people, <laughs> with some people. And, and, and the vice president is meeting with only a select few. So how is that going to help him during, during the election campaign? Well, you can't have it both ways, though. You can't criticize one side for being around large groups of people and then criticize the other one for working, uh, listening to the science and meeting with small groups. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the key, though, is and the, the criticism against the president's rallies isn't the fact that he's ho- holding an outside event. The majority of the people there, and we saw this during the Republican convention, they're not practicing social distancing and they're not wearing masks. For instance, uh, the event with Vice President Biden, we, w- we were not able to get within six feet of him even though we were allowed to talk to him. So he stayed within six feet of everyone. Um, So he did practice the social distancing. We all had to wear masks. Obviously our temperature was checked. You know, we, we go through that going to the doctors and whatnot. He is doing what the science is telling him to do. And unfortunately it's, it's just harder to campaign in that type of environment. Uh, the county party here in Dauphin County had a town hall, a virtual town hall with one of our uh, state Senate candidates last night, George Scott, you know, on a, if this was four years ago, or even last year, we would have held that in person, mm. but because of what's going on, we had to hold it virtually. So things are just different. And the vice president is wearing a mask uh, and wearing a mask and doing what he's told. The issue with the president is he, he's not encouraging people to wear masks. He doesn't wear one himself. Just last week, he was making fun of Joe Biden and, and saying he was stupid and looked silly for wearing a mask. So that's why he's being criticized. It's well, his actions and his words. The vice president has been repeatedly photographed with a mask hanging from his ear and not wearing it. 
Oh, okay. What can so, I say? All right. So he's he's criticized, but for he should wear it properly. But the real issue is, should the president and should the president model the right behavior, Jeffrey? I'll leave you well, with. The I, I I just I, I I let me say this, and this has nothing really to do with the president, but. I just think the American people, I think the, the American people instinctively are tired of all this and they're going around and they're, they're associating in public. They're going to the store. They're going, you know, here, there and everywhere for the, for the most part, they wear masks, but a lot of them uh, are not. And uh, they're just tired of being told what to do. And I, I think that 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 is that is a small p political factor in that in that it's human nature and people don't like to have the government telling them to do anything. And uh, so they rebel. And I just think that I mean, this has nothing to do with Trump or Biden. I think this is just uh, human nature and doubly so with American human nature. Jeffrey, I would I would disagree with you because I do think there are disciplined Americans who care about their neighbors and don't want to be the cause of someone dying or ending up in the hospital. I see them every day. So there are some who ignore it. Yes. There are some who don't care about their neighbors. Yes. There are some who are selfish and only want their own personal pleasure. But I know thousands of Americans who are donning those masks, who are keeping those distance, and who are doing what the doctor says because they care, because they are good, good Americans. My question to you really is, should the president model the highest ideals of that kind of behavior, or should he model the lowest? Well, I, I just think that's the wrong question. <laughs> it is the right question. And with so, that, well, yeah, but that's a matter of opinion. And I'm just saying hum, human nature will out. That's what I'm saying. Right behavior to save lives. That is just a decent thing. To yeah, there, but there are people who disagree with you, Joyce. And, and what they, can I tell you? I would say they are selfish and not paying attention to how the virus is spreading. And they think they think that you are trying to be a dictator. And, and, and they don't want it. Highest levels of behavior in this time when it's... And I should add, I have uh, at this point, one, two, three, four, five... Oh, and I haven't counted my Trump mask. Six masks, I and I wear them. Right I, wear, I wear them when I go out in public to the yeah, store and all that kind of. You are doing the right thing. That's why I'm pushing you on this because you know what is right, and we need to encourage our leaders to do what is right. So with that, I'm going to thank you, Jeffrey. You uh, once again, you've been delightful to talk to, as well as uh, Rajat Harris, our Democratic analyst. I appreciate you both being here, and I look forward to having our our friends in the uh, our pen live readers and listeners join us again next week when we have another session of battleground pa hope to see you and hear from you soon bye-bye this was battleground pa be sure to rate and subscribe to us so you don't miss a beat have an idea for an episode tweet us at battleground pa or email us at topics at battlegroundpa.org Meanwhile, stay in the know between episodes on PenLive.com. Battleground PA is hosted by PenLive's opinion editor, Joyce Davis, and is produced by Penn Studios director, Salim Michelle McClouf, and edited by Martin Boutros. More info and past episodes can be found at BattlegroundPA.org.